Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. I'm excited for the word today. We're going to be reading through 1 Thessalonians. So open your Bibles if you have them to 1 Thessalonians. Thessalonians. (laughs) Oh boy. I'm going to read straight through chapters 1 through 3, and then we're going to camp out for a minute at the end of chapter 3. This is something that's not common in the church these days, to read big blocks of Scripture. We're kind of used to just getting that one Scripture and then hearing a nice motivational message. But if you've been here for long, you know that we do this quite often. Um, If you're new here, then just buckle up. If you need to close your eyes when I'm reading these long blocks of Scripture to stay focused, close your eyes. If you need to read along, read along. Do whatever it takes to honor the word of God, because this is what changes our lives. We need more of this. All right, so 1 Thessalonians, starting in chapter 1, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So if if you're looking on your phone, you can just change it to that translation. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. We always thank God for you, for all of you, and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. That's a good verse to highlight right there. Anytime I see a verse that's about my identity in Christ, I get out my yellow highlighter and I highlight it. So that has yellow on it in my Bible because God loves me and he has chosen me to be his own. Don't be looking at me with a blank stare. Y'all take that. That's your identity in Christ. Say it with me. God loves me. He has chosen me to be his own. Let that settle in. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and this word... Somebody tell me how to say it. Achaia? Nobody knows. (laughs) That's funny. So we can just make it Achaia. We'll go with that. Did you all catch that? uh, They received it with joy in spite of the great suffering. We like, that's the kind of verse that we like to just like cross out and not revisit again, right? (laughs) Surely he won't make me go through suffering (laughs) or allow me to. All right. Anyway. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. Don't you want the Lord to say that about you? Now, because of No Limits Church, the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. Man, what a great compliment. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Praise God. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. 
You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you, and then how bad we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. For as for for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you, or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless toward all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. We pleaded with you, we encouraged you, and we urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. He called you to share in his kingdom and his glory. Man. Sometimes I wonder, I mean, Paul just spent several paragraphs defending his own reputation. I'm going to have to guess that people were coming in and trying to destroy what Paul had done. And he's reminding them, hey, remember, we were faultless among you. Therefore, we never stopped thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Somebody say, the word is working in me. One of those radio preachers has that as a song, right? The word is working mightily in me. Charles Katz, that's who it is. I only know that because when I used to work with my dad as a teenager, he would play the Oasis Network the whole time we were working. The word is working mightily in me. No matter what circumstance, what I feel or see, the word is working mightily. That's a bonus, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, Charles Katz. It's good to have those songs in your heart. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us, too. They failed to please God and work against all humanity as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. By doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It's you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. 
Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage your faith, and keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. That's a good one to highlight, isn't it? Y'all know we're destined for such troubles. Hmm. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon soon come, and and they did, (laughs) as you well know, (laughs) because you're right in the middle of them. That is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again and fill the gaps in your faith. May God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus comes again with all of his holy people. Amen. We're going to pause right here for a minute. We're going to camp out at the end of this chapter. I've been reading it to you in the New Living. Now I want to show you in the Christian Standard Bible to bring you some more clarity. Starting at verse 9, it says, How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we experience before our God because of you? So can you sense how much love Paul, Silas, and Timothy have for this church? I mean, the first three chapters are just, they're just like, we love you guys. We're so thankful that your faith is strong. I mean, they're just like pouring out their love on this church. And so as they sit and think about this church, they're overcome with joy and they're struggling to figure out how do I thank God for this incredible blessing of the church in Thessalonica? And y'all, that's how I feel about you, honestly. Like when I think of No Limits Church, I can't help but smile. I'm overwhelmed with joy that God would consider me worthy to lead this amazing congregation. Y'all are awesome. Your faith is staying strong in the midst of troubles. We're helping each other out in the midst of troubles. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Aren't y'all thankful to be a part of this church? It's awesome. You're a blessing, and I thank God for you. When I see you, I see a perfect child of God. You are a child of God. That's who I see. I see you as God sees you. You are called, and you are anointed for your role in the body of Christ. You have the, it's not just me and Beth that have the anointing. I see you with a powerful anointing on your life to break strongholds, to set the captives free. Amen. Let me read that again. How can we thank God for you in return for all the joy we experience before our God because of you? As we pray very earnestly night and day to see you face to face and to complete what is lacking in your faith. So I'm, I'm thankful that I get to see you face to face every Sunday. That's awesome because I'm here to help you fill the gaps in your faith. This is the role of the five-fold ministry in your life. To fill the gaps in your faith. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they have an assignment to help you fill the gaps in your faith. They equip you for the assignment that God has placed on your life. And unfortunate reality in the American church is that many believe they don't need these God-appointed leaders in their life. They think they they can stay home and do it alone 
because they have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is an essential to your walk with Christ. You can't do it without him. But since God designed how the church works, you have to submit to the structure of the church to experience the fullness of what God has for you. Do you all understand that? He designed this structure. He put leaders in your life to help you, to fill in the gaps of your faith. Well, why doesn't God just tell me? I don't know. This is just how he designed it. And if you submit to the structure, you will be blessed because of it. You will be. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit cannot cooperate with ungodly, unbiblical things. Like if you're going rogue, if you take a path that's other than God's, the Holy Spirit can't be a part of that. But he will be urging you to come back to God's way. That's, where he will, that's what he'll be doing in those times. He doesn't leave you. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit leaves you. He just can't be a part of these things that you're doing that are not of God. The only thing he can do in those moments is, hey, come back over here so that we can work together and get something done. Those who abandon the church and defy the leadership structure that God has appointed, they end up in a mess. I've seen it time and time again. They get hurt by the church, so they leave the church. And they go do their own thing, they end up in a mess. They say that the Holy Spirit is leading them, but they're really just leading themselves and calling it the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, what he's urging them to do is, hey, would you get back in church? Would you go be with the body of Christ? Would you submit to the structure that I have placed in your life? That's what the Holy Spirit's telling them can't do it alone. You guys know that. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are leadership gifts that Christ gave to the church. They're gifts that Christ gave to the church. They help fill the gaps in your faith, and they equip you for your assignment. Unless you want to walk around with gaps in your faith. Anybody want to walk around with gaps in your faith? You must welcome and honor these gifts, these five gifts. And you know what? You have to forgive those who have misused these titles. Because we all have them in our lives. Maybe they said they were a pastor and they weren't a pastor. Or they were at one time and then they got off or whatever. Can we just forgive those people? And then trust that God knows what he's doing. Don't put your faith in man. Put your faith in God. When man messes it up, return to God. And go find somebody who is submitting to God. Because they're out there. So after expressing his love for the church and reiterating his role in their lives, here's, the, apostle goes on, the apostle Paul goes on to pray for him, and here's what he says. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another and for everyone, just as we do for you. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Amen. So remember, Paul is praying this over a church that's doing really well. Do you remember the first three chapters we just read? He's saying, good job, guys. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. I'm so pleased. I sent Timothy to you, and I found out you're still standing strong, even though you're facing such great opposition. You guys are doing a great job. That's basically what Paul's been saying in the first three chapters. And then he says, he prays that they may grow and overflow with love. He just told them how much they loved each other. Like, I'm so impressed with your love, but I'm going to pray that you may increase and overflow with your love. And on top of this, be blameless in holiness. This tells me something. Even when you live in a way that pleases God, there's always room to take it up a notch. To take it up a notch. 
there's always a next level of glory from glory to glory to glory to glory. Second Corinthians 3.18, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and we're being transformed into that same image. That's amazing. We're looking at the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the glory of the Lord from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit. Mm, amazing. So if you're stalled out in your walk with God, if you're just kind of stalled out, I hope this motivates you to move along to the next level of glory. Move along. Let's keep going. You may be doing really good. Like I'm doing way better than I was doing two years ago. Way better. But there's a next level. There's a next glory. We're not talking about another level of pleasure for the Lord. He's already pleased with you. He wants you to keep moving from glory to glory so that you can experience more of him. That's what this is about. Each level of glory moves you closer and closer to the things of God. Do y'all see it? When you were just getting started, you were really familiar with the things of the world. Really familiar with them. They were close. You knew all the world had to offer you. And as you move from glory to glory, you move further away from the things of the world and closer to the things of God. The world becomes less familiar and God becomes more familiar. God's, God desires us to bring his kingdom and his will to the earth. As Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to experience his kingdom now. Peace. Joy. Abundant life, health, wealth, rich relationships. The world's kingdom gives you the opposite. Fear, depression, hate, meaningless existence, sickness, poverty, dysfunctional relationships. As you move from glory to glory, you move further away from the world's kingdom and closer to God's kingdom. So don't stall out. Keep going. There's always a next level of glory. Somebody say, I'm headed to the next glory. May the Lord cause you to increase and overflow with love for one another. May the Lord cause you, all of you, to increase and overflow with love for one another. May he make your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of y'all want to be blameless in holiness? That's your true identity. Let's work it out of our spirit and into the here and now. Amen? All right, let's finish reading First Thessalonians. There's only, what, two more chapters to go? I know y'all aren't in a hurry. Why would we hurry through the word of God, the most important thing in our lives? Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we have taught you, you live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. Go to the next level of glory, is what he's telling them. You're already doing it, now keep going. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will, oh, we're about to get a written will of God, y'all. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, 
not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives us his Holy Spirit. But we don't need to write you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout all Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Take it on to the next level of glory. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live, and you will not need to depend on others. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. That's a strong statement. We tell you this directly from the Lord. Listen up. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Hey, Grandpa, I'll meet you up there. Then together with them, We who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Aren't you all encouraged by that? That'll be the day when we see our loved ones coming up out of the grave. Hey, Stan, why'd you leave us so early? No matter. I'm going to meet you up in the clouds. Now concerning how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything's peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. It's going to be like a thief to everyone else, but you're going to know he's coming. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness and night, so be on your guard. Not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. There we are at the armor of God again, huh? For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Man, I'm excited. Come, Lord Jesus, come. (laughs) Don't be surprised. Expect him to come. We're almost there. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. I see the enemy attack those two things really often. Especially when a church is growing and thriving and headed to the next level of glory. He comes in and tries to break up the peace amongst each other. Has anybody noticed that? Try to get you turned against the leaders. You find something you don't like about them or whatever. That's just the enemy working. You might as well tell them to shut up. Because he's trying to break up something good. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Anthony, that's your job. <laughs> I signed that one to you today. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Let's wrap it up. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. How do we do that? Well, we warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. And take tender care of those who are weak. You don't have to have it all together every time, all the time, to be a part of the body of Christ. There may be moments where you're timid and you need somebody to help you get into a place of boldness. There may be times when you're weak and you need someone to come up beside you and help you move into strength. You may be overcome with laziness and you need somebody to come kick you in the rear and say, get going. Move on to the next level of glory. Sometimes we're like, well, how, how could we get to a place of weakness whenever we're filled with the Holy Spirit? When we're supposed to have it all together? When we are the righteousness of God? How could anybody be weak? Real quick, I want to take you to a story in the Old Testament. Anybody heard of Elijah? <laughs> The man, I mean, come on, that guy was the man, strong guy, out doing mighty exploits for the Lord. Elijah had it going on. And then in chapter 19, let's see where I want to start here. Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if this, by this time tomorrow, I have not killed you just as I have killed them. That's what Jezebel said to Elijah. And Elijah was afraid of this woman. And fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town of Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. This mighty man of God, praying that he he just had had enough. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. And then he lay down and he slept under the tree. But as he was sleeping... Here's what we're supposed to do for each other in the body of Christ. He had an angel. An angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. And there he came to a cave where he spent the night. Elijah, the strong man of God, came to a place of weakness. And he needed something to come help him, to help snap him out of it. When you see your brother and sister in Christ in a weak spot, in a weak moment, bring him a meal. Not criticism. Bring him a meal of God's word, of God's truth. Encourage them. Maybe actually bring them some food, like a real meal, like... It doesn't have to be all spiritual. Like you could actually meet some practical needs too. We all will have moments in our lives where we need somebody to help us out of our weak moment. And that's why we have each other. Aren't you glad? So be patient with each other. When you see somebody's faults, when you see somebody not quite measuring up, be patient as they move on to the next level of glory. Don't criticize. Be patient. Beth's really good at this. She's had to be patient with me 
as I work through my faults. See, let's see, where are we at here? Verse 15, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. So even when somebody hurts you, and they meant to, don't pay them back. Be patient. Do good to each other. Always be joyful. Hallelujah. Except when, if only, right? We would insert our own, like, side note there. Except when. Nope. Always be joyful. It means you're going to have to choose joy. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will. All right. Some more written will of God. You know, it is all over this thing. What? I don't know God's will for me. <laughs> just found two places for you. But just do a little search in your Bible. God's will. You're going to find all kinds of stuff. It's great. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. You can test prophecies without scoffing at them. And there's a lot of prophetic words being released today. Some are accurate, some aren't. Just test them. And if somebody gets them wrong, be patient with them. Be patient with them. Yeah. Do what? How do we test them? Against the word of God. Does it agree with the word of God or not? Every prophecy will agree with the word of God. If it feels like something extra... Well, God's word doesn't quite lean that way. It's not from God. So whenever you're testing, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Where in Scripture can I find this? He'll show you. Hold on to what is good. So when you hear these prophecies, hold on to the good stuff. Get rid of the stuff that's not good. And then move on. You don't need to write a, a, a four paragraphs on Facebook about how this prophet got it wrong. Like, that's not necessary. Just move, move along. Move along. Nothing to see here, right? Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Praise God. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. We'll practice that today. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Good stuff. Word of God is good. Did y'all get something out of that? Is it hard to listen to me read a whole book of the Bible? Some say no. I'm sure some say yes. And if you say yes, that's okay. We will uh, build up our endurance together. All right? Lord, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you commit it to our hearts. We want the word of God, which has been written on our hearts, to work its way out into this realm where everybody can see it. So, Lord, we ask you to help us align our behaviors with what's already on the inside of us. We thank you that you're the one who keeps us blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So we lean into our identity in you. We lean into that. I am who you say I am. Not who I think I am or who so-and-so said I am. I am who you say I am. And I am a child of God. 
And I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And I'm a brand new creation. All things have been made new. That's who I am. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.